Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. So tonight, I want to just talk briefly, um, just a couple minutes. Does that sound good? A couple minutes and uh, real practical um, as we sort of uh, encourage us all as we step into a new season of life. And um, faith and belief, although often interchangeable, can carry different ideas. Belief is sort of head knowledge, um, the response to understanding something or the logical end of something, right? So belief is like, here is the evidence, here is the logic, and okay, I accept that, and I believe that. Faith, if you will, is heart and soul understanding. It, It may not always make sense, but it's where we place our weight and our trust. Often in life, our beliefs are questioned or shaken or stirred, and it affects our faith or our confidence in God. When our belief or what we understand is questioned, it then affects our faith, what we trust, what we put our way in. But the Bible gives us reasonable beliefs so that we can uh, have strong and confident faith. So I want to talk about when we doubt or when our beliefs are uh, shaken. This is uh, John chapter 20, beginning in verse 30. Now, we've been looking at John 20, verses uh, 26 through 29, which is the story of Thomas. Um, Thomas doesn't believe that Jesus is risen from the dead. He, he, he's like, I got to see it for myself. And then what happens? Jesus shows up, proves that he's risen from the dead. And we're told that J- Thomas then moves from doubt into deeper faith. And we've been talking about this. Now, John ends that section, the author, John, he ends that section and he gives a summary statement about his entire book. So he tells us why he's written the book of John and it comes immediately after we see this encounter with Jesus and Thomas. Listen to what he says, uh, John 20, beginning in verse 30. He said, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, basically what he's shown us in the book of John are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John tells us the the, the purpose of the entirety of his writing. He, He says, so we would believe, and then that belief would move beyond belief into life in his name. So he says, I'm giving you this and I I want you to believe in who Jesus was, but I want you to move through that into life in relationship with God. He didn't write this simply as a biography of the life of Jesus so that we would know about him. He wrote this as a testimony of who Jesus was so that we would know him personally. He he says, I'm not writing this so you could have information about Jesus. This isn't a biography. This is an introduction so that you would know him in a personal way. And there are a couple things that we see in this that allow for us to trust in Jesus, to have confidence in him, to have, to have stability in him, even when maybe our beliefs or our thoughts or our understanding is shaken. Number one, we need to trust the word. Trust the word. Um, he, he says that these are written so that you may believe. He's like, I've written these things 
The reason John went through, and John was actually really old when he's writing the Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke had already been written. All of those disciples are already dead. In fact, some of the stories that we hear, it's almost, it's almost funny because it's like John threw them in there because the other disciples are dead. Like there's like a few, like, he, like throughout, throughout John's gospel, he calls himself the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I think he wrote that because none of the other disciples could argue with him at that point. They're not like, hey, John, you wrote this. No, that was me. They're all dead. He, he's like, I can write whatever I want. So, so John, he's writing this way late, but he's writing this so that they may believe. The things that are written about Jesus, oh man, I just closed my notes. Oh, cringe. Uh, he says, the things that are written about, the things that were written about Jesus, what we see in his word, his life, his ministry, and testimony are written so that we would believe. God's word, listen to me, is living proof of the person, power, and presence of Jesus. And if we can learn to trust God's word, trust God's word, and like Pete showed us, there's, there is so much evidence to the accuracy and, and the, the detail of the word of God. The, the, if we can learn to trust God's word, it will help us stand when people question our beliefs or our experiences cause us to question God. But the word of God has to be our anchor beyond what we hear, feel, see, or think. The word of God has to be our anchor beyond what we hear in a classroom or read on social media or have uh, that conversation over coffee that makes us go like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. Maybe the Bible's wrong. And we have to revert back to the word of God and say, I am choosing to stand on the accuracy of the word of God. Secondly, we need to trust the testimony of the church. I mentioned uh, this last week, but I'll say it again. You don't have to discover every answer that is out there. Um, Pete, in the video, he often will say to me that you don't have to answer every question, but you need to answer every question you have. You don't need to answer every question. But you need to answer every question that you have. And the reality is, is there are answers to the questions that we have. But the other questions, maybe the ones we haven't thought about, or maybe the ones we don't find answers to, or we don't even know where to look, you can trust the testimony of the church and of the discovery of other followers of Jesus. Now, this portion that we just read comes right after Thomas' faith crisis, right? Thomas is like, I don't believe that. He says, I will never believe unless I, unless I see the wounds in the hands of Jesus. I'm never gonna believe. So he has this big faith crisis. I don't believe anymore. I used to believe. I don't believe anymore. And then the disciples are like, no, 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 no. We saw him and he doesn't believe him. And then Jesus shows up and he encounters him. And Jesus is like, okay, look, you wanted to see the wounds? Here they are. And then Jesus says something at the end. Remember it? He says, he says now you believe because you've seen he said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Those of us that haven't seen and yet have believed, we are trusting, we are depending, we are relying upon the testimony of those that have come before us. 
right? We have 2,000 years of church history. And let me say, the church has not always done it right. Christians have not always done it right. Christians and people that are thinking they're following Jesus have totally misinterpreted and misrepresented God. And I'm not, that, that, that is a fact, that's a reality. But we also have actually really good to use like a, a, a big word, orthodoxy, which is right believing. We, we have that. We have confidence of, of thousands of years of biblical accuracy, biblical interpretation and description that actually will help us live and trust in Jesus. And we have to choose to trust the testimony of those who have gone before us. And the point for us is that Thomas went through the doubt and the needing to see the resurrected Lord. And listen, now we can trust his testimony. He says, oh, okay, I believe now because I've seen. Now we can say, okay, Thomas saw it. I, I can trust that. Does that make sense? And so we can trust the testimony of the church. But again, if, if things are like, wait, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. That doesn't make sense to me. Where do we go to find those answers? Listen, we don't go to social media. We don't go to culture. We don't go to random people on Twitter. We go back to the word of God to then be our navigator, our anchor, our, our steady point to answer the questions that we have. The church doesn't always get it right, but the word of God is always our anchor point. Okay, final point is this. Worship team, you guys can come back up here. Trust your experience with God. Okay, so you need to trust the word of God. You need to trust the testimony of the church. And you need to trust your experience with God. Or in other words, your encounter with God. Now, let me just give like a parenthetical clause, all right? This is like in parentheses. We need to understand this when I'm talking about trusting your experience. We can't blindly trust our experience over the truth. Like we can't just say, well, this is how I felt and therefore it's true. That's called relative truth and it's very confusing and that's kind of the world that we live in. Like we, we live in a world of my truths, right? Not real truths, but my truth. What we need to understand is like the truth because there is truth. There is right and there's also wrong. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we can't blindly trust our experience over truth, but you can trust your personal encounters with the Lord. Oftentimes, like, let me, let me just, okay, seniors that are, that are graduating and maybe, maybe some of you guys have been in youth for a while, have been around here for a while, and you can think of moments here on Thursday nights or maybe at a camp or, or, or maybe at an SNL or something like that where you felt the presence of God in a real powerful way. You maybe it was alone in your bedroom where you were, you were praying and you're seeking God and you encountered God. Sometimes what happens is the farther away we get from that moment, we tend to doubt whether or not that moment was even real. Because it's like the, the farther, okay, I, I'm not feeling like I felt then, so maybe, maybe it didn't happen or maybe I can't trust that encounter. And oftentimes we doubt whether or not we've actually encountered God. But listen, you have, you have, and you can trust that you have. Now notice this text tells us that there are a lot of things that are left out about Jesus. He says, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. 
John's like, I could have said more. I didn't. A part of me is like, dude, you should have told us more. You're telling me there's more miracles that Jesus did. There's more sermons. There's more like crazy God things that he did and you just left him out. What the heck, man? Why would he do this? Listen, John isn't writing a memoir. He's making an introduction. If I were telling you about a person that you were never gonna meet, like I, maybe I was telling you about my grandpa who passed away. And uh, I, I was trying, so I would give you every piece of information I had about him. Like, this is what he looked like. Maybe show you a picture. Like, this is what he went, where he went to school. This is what he was interested in. Like, this is where he, this is all of the things that he did. I, I would try to give you the best overall picture of who he was because, because you're not gonna meet him. But if I were giving you a description about a person that was about to walk into the room, I would say like, oh, uh, his name is this and he looks like this. That'd be enough because once you met that person, then your experience with that person would then dictate who that person was. You see what I'm saying? John, that's what John is doing. John is not writing a memoir about some guy who lived and died. John is writing an introduction so that you can meet him for yourself. He's saying, hey, these are just some of the things that he's done, but let me not write them all down because there's things he wants to do in your life. It's not over yet. The story isn't over yet. John's not like, hey, Jesus lived, he died, it's over. John is saying, this is Jesus, this is what he did, but this is also what he can do in your life now. And what he wants us to understand and what he wants us to see is that this is just an introduction and now it's up to us to meet him and encounter him for ourselves. And when we've encountered him, we need to trust in the fact and the reality that you've met him. If you haven't met him, let me introduce you to him. His name's Jesus and he loves you. He loves you so much that he, he lived a perfect life and he died a sinner's death for you and for me that if we would just believe in who he is and what he's done, we could have forgiveness of sins and life to the full. All we have to do is believe on him. It's an introduction. And now there's an opportunity for us to then be introduced, to make that commitment and decide to follow after him. And when we encounter Jesus for ourselves, we then can have life in his name. He says, he says I, I've written these things so that you would believe, but by believing, you may have life in his name. What if we could move? Listen to me, listen to me. What if we could move from always needing proof for our faith but could move into trusting God with our lives and living a life of faith? What if we could make that transition from always questioning, always doubting, always wondering, always needing more, and we can move from that and say, okay, this is the evidence I believe, and now I am choosing to step out and have life in his name. That's what John wants us to have. That's what Pete ended the video with. He's like, we can have confidence in our beliefs so that we can live the life that God wants us to live. Man, I, my heart for you guys, especially those graduating, if you could have confidence in who God is, confidence in his plans for you, confidence in what he's done and what he's doing and what he's going to do,
And you wouldn't have to spend your life wondering or questioning or, or seeking like more, I need more proof, I need more evidence. If you can move past that into childlike faith, into a faith that says, I choose to trust Jesus with my life and now live the life that God has for you to live. And I tell you, it is so much better. It doesn't mean there won't be questions that come up. There won't be things we have to wrestle through and work through. There always is. There's always more. God's always calling us out and calling us into more faith. What if we could be people that didn't need a question? Didn't need, I don't need all of my answer, questions answered but I'm choosing to trust in Jesus.